This podcast is brought to you by BioStart, a catalyst and community for life science innovation and new business startups. For more information, go to www.biostart.org. An iHeart Radio station. Welcome to Ballistic Radio. Join us as we discuss hard-won self-defense lessons, as well as the information you need to survive a violent encounter. Listen as armed professionals, industry experts, national champions, and gunfight survivors help answer all your firearms and self-defense questions while exploring your rights and responsibilities as an armed citizen. Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Daniel Defense, the country's leading manufacturer of AR rifles and accessories. Daniel Defense, lighter, stronger, better. And now, here is your host, John Johnston. Welcome to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Daniel Defense, the country's leading manufacturer of air rifles and accessories. Daniel Defense, lighter, stronger, better. Visit them at booth 2401 at this year's NRA show for a chance to win one of eight M4 V7 rifles they're giving away. I'm your host, John Johnston. Remember, you can always listen to past shows at BallisticRadio.com. Get the latest behind-the-scenes info, arguments, photos, videos, stuff, other things, at Facebook.com slash Ballistic Radio. Coasting with me, Jack Jack! Yay! How's it going, man? You know, it's been a beautiful day today. That's good. I, I opened up a thing of protein powder and the scoop was right on top, so it's a good day. Yeah, it's a, an impossibly blue sky with perfect puffball white clouds floating Flowers across Flowers everywhere. It. Yeah, there, there's, there's a river of chocolate and trees that give beer. And See, you never trained with Pat, so but that uh, was something that he would say. Anyway, uh, I'll talk about that in a second. Hey, guess what, Jack? What's that, John? This segment brought to you by Tactical Night Vision Company. The night is dark and full of terrors, or at least it used to be. But now we have the technology to fight the night, and TNVC is your one-stop shop for all your dark fighting needs. From the TNV PVS-14 night vision goggle to the IRA Patrol thermal monocular and everything in between, TNVC can outfit your defense against the dark arts. Doesn't matter if it's your lost keys, the enemy, or that little kid from down the street that likes to wander off. Maybe there's something wrong at his house. I don't know. He keeps leaving. TNVC has what you need to find things in the dark. TNVC, own the night. Visit them with us at booth 2824 at this year's NRA annual meeting and exhibits. May 20th through 22nd in Louisville, Kentucky. Myself, Jack-Jack, and even Melody, that poor woman, will be there. We'll be giving away special prizes to fans who say hello while we're at the show. Hope to see you there. So for those of you, for those of you who have not noticed... Um, NRA show is coming up, and we're going to be there. And our sponsors are going to be there, too. So if you track us down and we are uh, just walking the floor, we'll have one tier of prizes we're giving away. But if you find us in one of our sponsors' booths and come say hello, we'll have an even better tier. Jack-Jack's like, no. I don't, I don't like where this is. You know what this sounds like? It no. sounds like I'm going to have a very heavy back package at an uh, NRA show. Yes. Yes, you are going to have <laughs> Look a like very, a Sherpa. Well, you know. It's good for you. Builds character. Something like that. Um, so Tuesday, my friend, this last Tuesday, my friend Pat Rogers passed away. And I was going back and forth if um, I wanted to talk about that tonight or not. And... 
I want to spend a lot of time on it at some point, but honestly, I I don't think I can do it right now. Um, but Pat was a very good friend, and he was an amazing, amazing man, and he will be sorely, sorely missed by everyone that ever knew him, even a little bit. So, anyway. <sighs> now we're going to do a Facebook user question show. So well, you got me all teared up over here. So well, it's okay. I've been like reviewing video and like photos and stuff like that of like when I was hanging out with him. It's just like, oh man. Uh, but I, I I had the opportunity to talk with him on Sunday, so that was good. Um, but yeah, we're answering your questions tonight, and one lucky questioner, questioner, inquisitor. Whoa! No, <laughs> no one expects the Inquisition. We'll be winning an SSVI tear trigger uh, for Glocks. So, uh, anyway, Jack-Jack has questions. I have answers. Coming. <laughs> well, you have opinions. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Coming from Kyle Goley, is 5.56 still the best option for a defensive rifle with all the new calibers available? Well, best option is a, a an interesting way to word that question um is it the best option yeah that's what is cheapest and most readily available is it the most effective option in the rifle or um man i'd say 300 blackout would get the nod for me if i were you know if cost were not a concern and availability were not a concern 300 blackout is a more versatile cartridge you can run subsonics through it pretty easily um, and have a very, very quiet um, setup. Or you can use supersonic um, TSX or any of the open tip match stuff, and it is ballistically a more effective, uh, in, in, on target at least, a more effective round. Um, for most people, though, stick with 5.56. I mean, I I have not switched to 300 blackout because it's not, cost effective for me to do so and i mean my ammo is either free or a tax write-off so and it's not like we don't have proof that 556 works yeah and that's the other <laughs> thing too and i remember talking with a buddy of mine about uh 6.8 spc and he was part of the um field testing team for for the scar project and you know some other stuff and it's not the the reason why the military didn't go with 6.8 or why us socom didn't go with 6.8 it wasn't that it was it wasn't that it wasn't more effective than five five six. It's just it wasn't enough more effective than five five six to justify the incredible cost associated with switching over. So um until something massively better comes out, man, if you got five five six, stick with it. If you have the, the cash that you can run three hundred and train with it, cool. What you could do is buy a 5.56 gun with a 300 upper, and if you've got the money to do that, train pretty exclusively with 5.56 and then run 300 for social use. But uh, I mean, I, I haven't noticed enough of a difference between shooting the two for me to be like, oh, well, this is so much more different than shooting 5.56. If, if I were really concerned about short, short guns with, um, you know, suppressor options and stuff like that, yeah, like I was, I was, I was really concerned about like signature reduction. 
um, then yeah, I'd I'd be all over three hundred blackout. But um, you know, overall, as a is like, I don't know. I've just got so much invested in five 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 six. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I think we got time for one more question. From Adam Smith, is it better to hit the slide lock slash release on a reload or to pull the slide back and why? Uh, that's not a quick question at all. Um, there are pluses and minuses to doing it either way. I will say this. The whole fine motor versus gross motor control argument is dumb. Um, trigger control itself is a fine motor skill. Hitting the magazine release is a fine motor skill. Um Running the slide, stop. Yes, it's a fine motor skill, but here's the other thing I'll say too. For civilians, the frequency with which a civilian reloads in a actual self-defense shooting in public, I've yet to be able to find one, and that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen, but I'm not aware of one. Uh, for So if you're a civilian and you're really worrying about this, just pick one and do it one way all the time so you're consistent. Um, running the slide stop is faster. I, it's measurably faster. You know, It's going to depend a lot on your hand size, uh, whichever gun you're using and things like that, as to whether or not you can do that reliably. You know, slingshotting the slide or power stroking the slide or whatever you want to call it. Um, I see if, oddly enough, I see a lot of people induce malfunctions trying to do it that way. Give you an example. I was at Pankus's combat focus shooting class running a 1911. Um, been using the slide stop the entire time I had that gun. Rob's like, hey, do it this way. And when I go to a class, I try and be a good student, do what the instructor's asking me to do. Um, and the one malfunction I had at that class was a malfunction I induced by not using the slide stop and trying to run the slide. So, uh, I don't know. Just find one, pick one, know why you're doing it. Hey, but we got to go to break right now. You're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio brought to you by Daniel Defense. The country's leading manufacturer of air rifles and accessories. Daniel Defense. Lighter, stronger, better. Visit them at booth 2401 at this year's NRA show for a chance to win one of eight M4V7 rifles they're giving away this year. This segment brought to you by Six Hour. Now with more options. We're not all the same. And our carry gun shouldn't have to be either. Six Hour gives you choices. With more models than the Bible's got psalms, it's never been easier to find a Six Hour that fits your needs. From the extremely versatile striker-fired P320 with modular grip frame to the Legion Series P226, the single-stack P225A1, or the entry-level SP2022, 6-hour makes a model that's right for you. Just don't ask for Callahan full-bore autolock. They don't make that yet. 6-hour, when it counts, visit them with us at booth 5333. At this year's NRA annual meeting and exhibits, May 20th through 22nd in Louisville, Kentucky, the entire crew, even Melody, will be there. We'll be giving away special prizes to fans who say hello while we're at the show. Hope to see you there. And also, this segment brought to you by your premier source for SIG parts and accessories, TopGunSupply.com. TopGunSupply.com is your web source for fine firearms parts and accessories. 
True Product Specialists committed to delivering the highest level of customer support to you. They carry top-name brands including Ed Brown, Wilson Combat, Les Bears, Six Hour, and many more, as well as premium air pattern rifles like Daniel Defense. Whether you are looking to protect yourself or a first-time gun buyer, we're inverted... Or maybe you're a competitor shooter. TopGunSupply.com can satisfy your firearms needs. TopGunSupply.com. So we are answering your questions and getting you entered to win an SSVI tear trigger for Glocks. Jack-Jack's got questions. I have opinions. <laughs> Coming from Emma Palmer. Oh, wait. Hold on. Happy Mother's Day to my mom. Is it Mother's Day? It's Mother's Day. I have to make a call. I'll be... No, I'm kidding. She doesn't listen to this show, so I can... Well, I realized that my mom um, asked me before the show, because I had dinner with, hey, can you give me a shout-out on the show? And I didn't have the heart to tell her that like, I try not to put weekly identifiers in the show anymore because it's broadcast on different stations at different times. Even though we do the live broadcast on Sunday, some people would be listening to this Tomorrow or later in the week or whenever that is. It's your mom. I know. She gets a shout out. She does. So happy Mama's Day, Mom. Um, and yeah, so there you go. She doesn't ask me for much and I never call and I never write. And <laughs> does, I ignore her text messages. Does anyone write anymore? Uh, like anyway, the Amish? <laughs> come on, move forward. Emma Palmer says or asks, what is proper gun show etiquette? She How says a lot too. <laughs> Wow. How can you get the most out of it? Pros and cons. Uh, proper gun show etiquette. Huh. I don't know. In all honesty, I don't go to very many of them anymore. I will say this. Um, whether or not someone has checked a firearm in front of you, when they hand it to you, check it again. That's, that's good etiquette. Um, don't point it at anybody. And pull the trigger, because I saw a lot of that when I used to work gun shows. And in general, don't be a jerk. So that's, I mean, that, that's, that's what I got. You know, I don't go to a bunch of gun shows. Jack, do you have any? I, I would say that don't go to a gun show expecting to get a killer deal on like a, like a standard gun that you're going to buy anywhere. Like they're just about always the same price. They really these days are down to just like... If you're if you happen to come across something really cool, that's a, you know what? Here's something. Um, if you are going to go to a gun show and someone does not have the price that you want on the gun and and you are unhappy that they do not have that price, just don't buy from them. Don't don't be like. Uh, well, so-and-so's got it for this, trying to talk them down. Yeah. Because if so-and-so had it for that, you'd go and buy it from them. They don't have it for that. That's, I mean, I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to like, fa like rewind like five years ago to when I used to work. I, I used to go to a lot of them because I didn't know better. It was like, oh, I got this nylon holster for $30 <laughs> and like, now I realize there's almost no good accessories at them or anything like that. Re remember when Raven Concealment was small enough that they'd do uh, Kydex while you waited at the gun shows? They actually started doing that next to a guy who was selling, like, science fiction books. And it turns out, like, they both got famous. Well, there you go. <laughs> anyway, next question. Coming from Derek Brenneman. At the end of your last show with Melody Lauer, you said you're still a fan of weapon-mounted lights on your carry gun, but for a new reason. What was the old reason? What is the new reason? Um, I don't, 
I'm not remembering that I said a new reason. I think I said a different reason. So the Shack Shack's making faces over here. I think he electrocuted himself. <laughs> Is that what happened? Yeah. Did you did you touch a live wire? There's a short over here. Let's move on. <laughs> wow. That was awesome. Um yeah, so the the argument is you need a weapon mounted light. Stop gesturing at the producer, you're distracting me. Oh my god. He does this on phone calls too. It just starts playing with things. Wow, we're on air and we're talking about this right now. Weapon mounted lights on guns. A lot of people you need a weapon mounted light because positive target identification. Yes. Target positive target identification, massively important. If we're talking in a concealed carry context or a civilian self-defense context, once again, I haven't seen any shootings that required a, in public, that required a weapon-mounted light. Um, one of the things for someone to commit a crime against you in public, they really need to be able to see you so they can start initiating the crime. So generally, if you're in public and you've got a weapon-mounted light on your gun, I'm not saying don't do that, but just understand that that's probably not a necessary thing 99.9% of the time. The reason why I like having them on, on a gun is for two reasons, two or three reasons. Um, I tend to shoot them a little bit better when they've got a weapon-mounted light because the weight of the light will keep um, muzzle flip down even a little bit more, which is a good thing. Most of the guns I carry, too, the light will act as a standoff device so that if at every reason I get into an entangled shooting problem, um, it can help protect the gun from getting pushed out of battery. You know, once again, though, those are not, you know, if it, I don't want to be like, if you're not carrying a weapon-mounted light on your gun, you're going to get killed in the streets. You know, I will say having a handheld light on your person at all times is a really, really good idea because you can, like, have a Surefire P3X and, you know, just bring it out of your pocket and be like, what And I just hit Jack-Jack with a thousand lumens. Every time. <laughs> well, this is the first time I've done it on the uh, the show live. Oh, I actually got you. Ha-ha! I hate you so much right now. <laughs> it's okay. But that's a good thing to have with you because it can, it can de-escalate a lot of situations. Um, I, I do a lot of stuff with the light, whether it's finding stuff, um, watching my buddies just sort of like blink as, as they're trying to get the spots out of their eyes. I like that you say it de-escalates situations after you shine it in my eye and make me angry. Like we've clearly now escalated the situation. Well, yes, but if you kill me or rip my arms off, then you don't get paid next week. So mm. <laughs> Anyway, next question. Coming from Nathan Bratain. At a gun store or gun show, do you think it's worth spending the time educating people about firearm safety or just let idiots be idiots? That's a good question. So Melody Lauer and I have this conversation pretty regularly because she's very um, open about carrying a gun, talking with people about gun stuff, things like that. I, on the other hand, when I'm in public, especially around strangers, just don't bring it up because it's not um, – well, number one, I'm kind of an introvert in real life, so I don't like going up and talking to random people or talking to people that randomly decide to talk to me, number one. Number two, I always feel like I 
and not as good at not being offensive in person, like accidentally. So like I might be trying to very politely educate someone. Um, and what I'm really doing is saying, Hey, you're a moron. And then they're not listening and it didn't help anything. And it got me into a potential situation that I don't want to be in in the first place. Um, so my answer to that is yes, we should be trying to educate people all the time. That's really good. We should try and be good ambassadors for our, um, our sport, our lifestyle, whatever you want to call it. Just if you're going to do that, try and do it in a way that does not hide the message that you're trying to get across or make it so that that person will never listen to that message. Um, and also try and do it in a way that doesn't make you out to be a big giant jerk, which, you know, in retrospect, some of the ways that I handled things even a couple of years ago doing my job that I'm doing now, I wish I had back because I wish I'd been a little less confrontational. So anyway, that's, uh, I was going to say we have time for one more question, but no, we don't because the break is soon upon us. Hey, guess what? You're listening to Ballistic Radio! Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Daniel Defense, the country's leading manufacturer of air rifles and accessories. Daniel Defense, lighter, stronger, better. Visit them at Booth 2401 at this year's NRA show for a chance to win one of eight M4V7 rifles they're giving away. And this segment brought to you by Blue Force Gear. It doesn't matter if you're fast roping out of a Blackhawk, serving high-risk warrants, or trying to figure out which aisle they put Brussels sprouts in. Who eats that stuff anyway? Once you don't like them, you don't like them. It doesn't matter how you prepare them. That's not directed at anyone. Blue Force Gear has a solution for you. Do you need a low-visibility concealed carry option? Check out their belt-mounted multi-use pouches that utilize 10-speed technology to hold magazines, lights, and other tools close to your body while moving with you. Maybe you need a lightweight, minimalist plate carrier to throw on over top of your duty gear. If so, take a look at Blue Force Gear's Plate Minus. Maybe you just need a better way to sling your rifle. They've got you covered with a Vickers sling. If you need to carry gear, they make a way for you to do it. Blue Force Gear, always better. Visit them with us, me, Jack-Jack, and Melody at booth 2633 at this year's NRA annual meeting and exhibits May 20th through 22nd. We'll be giving away special prizes, special prizes to fans who say hello while we're at the show. Hope to see you there. This segment also brought to you by Wilson Combat. Wilson Combat, maker to the finest custom 1911s, ARs, and scatterguns since 1977. Legacy of quality innovation service. Learn more about their firearms and accessories at www.wilsoncombat.com. And hey, they're at booth 4262 at the NRA show. Since Jack-Jack's just like looking at me like going, oh my God. <laughs> well, I was worried you weren't going to take a breath. You were going to like pass out. That's, you know, better than huffing paint. I just read the ads, and it <laughs> does the same thing. You don't get, but you don't get that afterglow of silver. Uh, <laughs> shiny and chrome, witness me! <laughs> wow. Anyway, we've got questions. No, wait, they've got questions. We've got answers? Some. I think this one we can actually answer definitively. Okay. Coming from Jeff Edgar. If you, Jack, and Melody all had to carry the same exact gun... Do you think you could come to an agreement, and what would it be? I think the agreement would be the Sig P320. 
I hear that due to their modular grip frames, they could fit hands of all sizes. That's true. They can. Um, it also helps when we're friends with like Bruce Gray and he makes, you know, extra short reach triggers for those of us, Melody, who have little tiny carny hands. Um, though I did see an interesting thing because last time she was around or whatever, she was uh, checking the P320 out that I carry and I've got the large frame on there. And the way they designed that. Um, with how they increase the the size of the grip for the large, the trigger reach is still almost exactly the same. So even though I had the large module on there, she could still get her finger on the face of the trigger the close to the way that she she would have been able to otherwise. But um, yes, we are we are going to be trying very hard to um, be running P320s this year as soon as they get the rest of our P320s to us. Right now, there's only one, and since I've been here the longest, I'm the one that gets it. But um, everybody's been pretty impressed with those so far. Full disclosure, yes, SIG is paying us money, but you know they're, they're paying us for our time. They're not paying us for our opinion, and they're certainly not paying us for the life-saving equi- life <laughs> equipment that we carry. Yeah, so, I, if we didn't believe in it, we wouldn't carry it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I might still talk about it. I just wouldn't use it. But no, <laughs> seriously though, um, P320 is pretty cool. A lot of different options there. A lot of different configurations. So I think we're all going to be running those this year pretty significantly. Coming from Steve Grosheim. Now, you realize that instead of already, now you just say coming from. I know. And I've got two more phrases set up to, for okay. when this one gives you over the uh, edge. Okay. What techniques can parents employ when they're buckling their kids into the car in order to maintain situational awareness? Well, so it's funny because I know Steve's registered for the uh, armed parent and guardian class that we're doing in September. Um, the and, and for those that have not been paying attention or maybe you have been paying attention and just I haven't been saying it enough. Um, Citizens Defense Research, which is the training arm of Ballistic Radio. Um, Melody Lauer is the director of training. We've got this curriculum developed for our parents. I could be a jerk and just say, hey, Steve will find that out in the, in the class, but no. Um, what a lot of parents seem to do, and I've, I've not quite figured out why, is they will bend over completely and stick their entire upper torso in the car to get their kids buckled in. If you've got a car seat or something like that in the middle uh, of your car as opposed to like bias to the driver passenger side, you kind of have to do that. But most people in most cars, depending on your setup, um, you can stay upright and just reach in and get your kid buckled in by feel. Does it take a little bit longer? Yes. Um, But you are not completely task fixated and bent over in half um, in a parking lot, which is, where a lot of things seem to kick off. But uh, that is something, if you're interested, we've got a class that we talk about stuff like that. Up. Coming from David Parsons, is it better to do something the same way each time, or should you learn to be more dynamic and change what you do based off the current situation? Um, certain things you're going to do exactly the same every time or as close to it as you can because consistency is what builds speed. Um, or is one of the things that is conducive towards speed. Really, the only thing that builds actual speed is going fast over and over again. But um, So the way I draw the gun is the same every single time. Um, certain things might change as far as like how I clear the cover garment. 
you know, if I'm doing a one-handed draw, it will be slightly different versus a two-handed draw. But the actual process of removing the gun from the holster and engaging a target is the same. Now, depending on the proximity of the target, I will stop at various points of that draw, whether it's a high compressed, um, you know, somewhere in between two and three, or if it's just a thumb uh, pectoral index, you know, high two. But the draw is the same. I'll just interrupt it as needed. Uh, reloads, which are an area that I've been struggling with lately, or at least by my approximation of what a reload should be, um, or something else that being consistent is good. You know, picking index points on your body where you're trying to minimize the difference between each one so that you can do it quicker. Um, so yes, when you're talking about skills, those will be the same. Tactics will be different depending on the situation you find yourself in and all sorts of things. So I think I think what a lot of people get confused is techniques versus tactics um, or skills versus ta- whatever you want to call it. Uh, there's, there's a word that's escaping my mind right now, but anyway. So yes, the mechanics, that's going to be the same as much as you can make it. The actual tactics you're employing, that will change depending on the situation, the context, et cetera, et cetera. Brant Anderson asks, when choosing an OC spray, what features do you feel are better than others, and which is more effective, stream, spray, or does your opinion change when you have kids in tow? I'm not going to answer that question because I'm not an OC guy. Um, I will say the best person to answer that question that I know is Chuck Haggard. Uh, at Agile Training and Consulting. He has done a lot of work with OC. Um, I carry Sabre Red at his recommendation. Mine is a um, is one of their Spitfires, which is a fogger. Um, it goes right on my keychain and is pr- pretty awesome. As far as whether or not kids are in tow, I have done some research into that. Unless your kid has serious, serious, serious um, breathing issues, OC is going to be safe to utilize around them. Um, it's not going to make them happy, but you don't need to worry about it doing irreparable harm. Um, but yeah, go go look Chuck Haggard up and ask him if you have more questions than need more detail than that. Chris North asks, do you have a truck gun? If yes, what is it and how is it secured? Is it easy to get out and is it under lock and key? Um, I do not right now because, uh, when I, when I had my STI, I, my, my Subaru, I had an easy way to secure a long gun in that car. Um, currently I do not have something that I consider adequate set up, so I don't have one. Now on road trips and things like that, where the only time I'm out of the car is to go into my hotel room, I'll bring one with me because I don't like traveling without a long gun. For the most part though, I'm not a fan of keeping um, guns and vehicles unsecured. Even if they're secured, if you're not back at the vehicle quick enough, it doesn't take long for a dedicated thief to get something removed from your car. But, uh, I mean, it depends on your vehicle, how you secure things and all stuff like that. If you've got a truck vault, then, yeah, throw something in there and go for it. Um, Jack does stuff different than I do, but... um, you know, 
Go ahead. I think you still hit on the key point there. Like, I, I'm a big fan of having a truck gun for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, but it needs to be secure. Like, and you need to understand that just shoving it under a seat or in a bag isn't secured. Especially guys like to put them in tennis racket bags. And they're like, well, no one will think it's a gun. Like, well, yeah, but people pawn tennis rackets all the time. Yeah, so generally <laughs> how car robberies work is they break a window, they grab whatever's not secured, and then they figure it out later. Yeah, they're not they're not there to, like, sift through it. It's, oh, I can pawn this really easily. I'm going to rip this and go. Yeah. And a tennis racket bag is like, oh, that's sports equipment. I can go. And now you've got a gun on the loose, and you've got a... You know, you've got a long, troublesome thing ahead of you. Right. Um, so if you're going to do it, have a vault, something like that. Uh, I know some guys that have, like, bolted Pelican cases to their car. Um, that's probably okay as long as you've got, like, a padlock on it or something like that. But just, um, you know, just be be aware that we don't want to let guns get out into the wild because that's how most of them get out in the wild. I would say ask uh, one more question, but... Uh, should we brace ourselves because the break is coming? We should brace ourselves because the break is coming. You know nothing, John Johnston. <sighs> and you're listening to Ballistic Radio! Welcome back to Ballistic Radio! Brought to you by Daniel Defense. The country's leading manufacturer of air rifles and accessories. Daniel Defense, lighter, stronger, better. Visit them at booth 2401 at this year's NRA show for a chance to win one of eight M4 V7 rifles they're giving away. This segment brought to you by Surefire. Know your target and what is beyond it. But how can you really know your target? By shining a really bright light on it. And that's where Surefire comes in. From the USB rechargeable 300 lumen sidekick, the 500 Lumen X300 Ultra or M600 Scout Light, Surefire can make sure you never have to yell Aziz Light ever again. Doesn't matter if you're shining a light at a potential threat or just helping your co-host see through their eyelids. When you need all the lumens for longer, you need Surefire. Visit them with us at booth 5725 at this year's NRA annual meeting and exhibits May 20th through 22nd Louisville, Kentucky. Myself, Jack Jack, and even Melody will be there to shine really bright lights at you. We'll be giving away special prizes to fans who say hello while we're at the show. Hope to see you there. Did you see how I changed it from helping your friends see through their eyelids to helping your co-hosts see through I'm, their eyes? I'm going to like feel my way out through the questions now. Okay. A thousand, a thousand lumens actually kind of hurts. even oh, A little bit. Even with the eyes closed. Well, so you and I went and saw um, Captain America the other night, uh -huh. which was amazing. And we went to a late show. But, but Jack told me the theater was crowded and there were no parking spaces. And I needed to go park in this construction lot where the overfill parking was. And uh, anyway, it was like Dagobah. There was mud like up. To my ankles. You, you, when you got into the theater, you were trashed. I, I saw a Ford. Well, I was fine because I had my boots on, but I saw a Ford Focus. It was like literally worse than that X-Wing in Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> but it was funny because I was walking out of the show and I'm like, I'm going to, you know, try not to step and stuff. So I, I carry a P3X Fury, which is the thousand lumen light. And I pull it out and and set it off just like admin, like at my feet. And some of the people behind me 
And I mean, this was a lot. This was a lot that did not have any lights. It was a pretty dark, cloudy night, and they're like, "Oh my God, Tony Stark!" or something <laughs> like that. It was it was pretty cool. So anyway, nerd humor. More questions from Ross Hick. As an instructor, I run into magical thinking a lot, specifically people who want to be prepared for a gunfight but never drive fire or shoot once or twice a year. Should I even try and convince them that I need to practice more? How do I do that without scaring them or sounding like a paranoid idiot? So Jeff Gonzalez and I spoke about this a while ago, and it's kind of hard to give someone the will to live. Um, I mean, seriously. And, and the problem is that as, as human beings, we, we rely on herd safety a lot. And they say things like, well, you know, it happens so rarely, blah, blah, blah. And when you really look at the numbers, that's not true. I want to say Tom Givens, like, looked pretty hard at this. And for adults, it's like a 1 in 12 chance that you're um, a victim of a violent crime. But, you know, so how do we, how do we make people, you know, take it seriously? I don't know that we can. Um, I present information to people. I, I try and explain to them, here's, here's concerns, here's why they're concerned, here's all the information that has gone into that. And it's either real to them or it isn't. Um, and the issue is that if something's not real to someone, there's very little that you can do to make it real to them. Um, and that's, I mean, it's sad, but that's how it is. So... As far as, like, scaring them, I mean, I don't know that it's a bad thing to scare people as long as you're doing so realistically. I don't want you to be like, you know, the terrorists are going to kick down your door and set off a dirty bomb if you don't do dot torture twice a week. I mean, no. But you can say things like, hey, you know, people shoot loved ones inside of their homes all the time. You should really give some thought to target identification and and target discretion or hey people are assaulted all the time in parking lots in nice areas you should really think about learning how to avoid becoming one of those people you know there's things that you can do and say um to help people get it just don't don't sensationalize things. Just be matter of fact. Here's the problem. Here's why this is important. And it's up to them. Uh, you can either treat people like adults or you can treat them like children. And even though the vast majority of adults act like children, until proven otherwise, I'm going to treat everyone exactly the same. So that's, that's where I'm at on it. Jennifer McKennis asks, your opinion on Sky Arms, a good buy? Question mark. I do not have any personal experience with them. Um, Claude Werner, who is a, a frequent guest of the show, has had one and had a lot of good luck with it. Um, you know, it, it had some issues after something like 10,000 trigger pulls or something like that, but for a budget firearm, was a good buy for him. My, my other buddy, Spencer Keepers, who makes really great holsters and is an amazing instructor, had two at a recent class that were terrible. Um, overall, my personal feeling on this, and this is anecdotal, I don't, 
if you said to me, what do you expect from a Sky Arms if I buy one? I would expect, I would not be surprised if it had problems. Um, I'm not saying I'm expecting it to have problems, but if it did, I wouldn't be like, oh, that surprises me. And it's one of those brands where I'm not, I'm not like, oh, that's weird. You know, it's just kind of like, well, it's a budget firearm and whatever. Um, I will say if you are looking for a very good, uh, budget firearm, specifically for like home defense, you could get used police trade-in Glock, Smith & Wesson SIGs for really good deals. Um, you know, SIG makes the SP-2022, which is an amazing handgun for uh, right around 400 bucks. Smith & Wesson has the uh, SD-9 series, um, which I know a lot of people complain about the trigger, but honestly, it's a, it's a good firearm. Uh, even You know, another one, the SIG uh, P250 is the the new P250s are not the first generation P250s. They are good guns uh and they're pretty affordable as well. So, there are options for cheap firearms. I swear to god, Jack, if you shine that light in my eyes. Uh there are options for cheap firearms. It's all right. You you laugh it up, fuzzball. Um nice. Well played. Thank you. Uh, there are options for cheap firearms if you know where to look. It's just most people don't. So, um, yeah. I think we got time for one more question. Hopefully. Matt Drake asks, I'm curious as to what y'all are liking for defensive shotgun setups. And are you still putting preference on a semi over a pump? Um. I'm putting preference on the Beretta 1301. He actually asked, and how is the 1301 holding up? Right. Um, I'm a big fan of the 1301. I'm developing several different products with uh, Eridus Industries and um, some other people that are specifically related to the 1301 and specifically related to one of the main faults of the 1301, which is the bolt release acting as a magazine, uh, a shell release for unloading the gun um overall i think that for most people if they have the money the semi is a better way to go it is an easier system to learn in my experience the 1301 has been amazingly reliable um and i've got a lot of rounds through it um you know and i've yet to have a problem i have induced uh malfunctions in my pump action shotgun because I'm human and I make mistakes. So, and everyone's like, the pump action is so much more reliable. And, well, no, not in my experience. Well, you just need to be trained. And it's like, I've gone to some shotgun classes. I'm still occasionally under stress having problems with it. So, uh, it just depends what you're more comfortable with, what your budget allows. I will say the pump is much cheaper than the semi. So, anyway, hey, thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you check out our website, www.ballisticradio.com. Like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash radio. And hey, keep leaving those five-star reviews on iTunes. It helps us out, and we really appreciate it. Thanks for listening, everyone. And as always, be safe. See you next week.